why don't we just, you know, ins- we'll go with the universal DH, but beginning of the 10th inning, the pitcher has to bat, only pitchers bat from then on out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, only, only, only pitchers bat, and only uh, position players pitch. Hello and welcome to another episode of Battery Mates. We are finally back. Our sporadic uh, stop-start, start to the season uh, continues. It is now a month since we last recorded. We are delighted to be back. I'm Matthew in London. Toby in Chicago, how are you? Hello. Um, I really hope you can't hear my computer. It's it's like overheating and, and it sounds like it's about to attack me. Um, so I hope my computer doesn't attack me. Also, I hope you can't hear it. Um, but yeah, doing, doing okay. How are you, how are you? I'm hot. It's hot in London at the mm. moment. Yeah. It is, I'm not, I don't want to shock you. It is touching 88 degrees here. It is, the country is melting down. Celsius? No, Fahrenheit. Oh. I'm talking to an American. I speak American <laughs> when I talk to Americans. You translate uh, for us. This is this is the amazing thing. Whenever people say like in America, how, how hot does it get in England? I'm like, if it gets to 90 degrees, it's in the news, not in the weather. So, like, there, the, the fact that it was ninety degrees today was on the front page of the newspapers. That's 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 what the weather is like in England. But the thing is, it is fucking hot as balls because there's no air conditioning in this country. Yeah. No one has air conditioning, so it is it is very very warm. You can probably hear me sweating through the uh, through the microphones. I apologise in advance. <laughs> well, um, I can see you on video. Battery Mates Nation can't, and I can just tell you. A little bit of sweat on the brow. Good look. Honestly, you look like you're working hard. It's been a, it's been a, it has been a long week. <laughs> uh, football's back, so we had a couple of Norwich games. We did terribly, and we're almost definitely going to get rele- relegated out of the EPL. So I'm very depressed about that. Hmm. Uh, politics is continuing to be an absolute mess, and uh, you know I've got a baby arriving in a month, and we're not. I'm not ready for that. So <laughs> it's been it's been a week. So I'm glad to be talking about baseball. And speaking of things being back, baseball might be back, it sounds like. Baseball might be back. <laughs> I mean, in a way. I mean, it's not proper baseball. We're going to talk about the Universal DH in a second, but it, it is, uh, it's a mess. It is a mess. So um, for those of you who are listening to a podcast about people talking about baseball but haven't heard the news, um, <laughs> uh, after several months of back and forth, uh, the players and owners were unable to come to an agreement, and we can get into that either later on this episode or in another series of episodes. Uh, Major League Baseball, under the March agreement, um, has mandated a season, uh, 60 games starting on July 23rd. Uh, some, some, some teams will start on the 24th, I guess. Uh, and it sounds like, you know, uh, every team will play in their own division, most of their games, and then uh, the equivalent national or uh you know opposing league division of the same so american league central would play teams in the national league central etc um for uh, just for the sake of ease of travel uh we're gonna have a trade deadline on the 31st of august which is after 35 games so um so silly so silly 
uh, we're they're not going to schedule any doubleheaders as 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 far as we know. Um, and this is the this is actually a fun rule. Um, they're going to resume any game that's postponed due to weather. They're not going to start over. They're just going to resume the games. Which I think is great. Why didn't we do this before? Um, Wait, say say that again. So games if, that if a game if you're in the third or fourth inning and a game gets rained out, they'll pick up the game where they left off instead of starting over. I thought that's what we already did. <laughs> <laughs> Shows how much attention I pay to rained off rained off games. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, there will be um, every team will have a sixty player pool. Um, They'll start with 30 players on the active roster. That'll eventually go down to 26, which was the original, what we were going to have this season, an expanded roster to 26 all the time. Um, but those other 30 players will be in what they're calling the Taxi Squad, which is an amazing name. Um, I want to be on the Taxi Squad uh, for the Clevelands. Um, I'll never get called up, but I get to say I was in the Taxi Squad, and that'd be kind of fun. Um, and those will be, te- those will be, you know, they'll be training somewhere, I assume, geographically close to these ballparks. But, Matthew, we're going to have baseball players back in ballparks next week. A week ago, a week next from week. now, we will have yeah. training. Uh, so spring training is happening in Major League Stadiums, right? I mean, that's where they're yeah. doing the spring training. Yes. Crazy. Crazy. Um, are they going to show those? Are they going to show spring training on TV? I, why not, right? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I paid for the MLB TV package. I might as well, I might as well get some use out of it. I mean, I don't know what they'll. Sh- are they going to have inter inter squad games? I guess I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, spring training is going to be inter squad games. It's one of the reasons for the sixty player pool is so that they they can do that. And obviously, there's no minor league baseball this season, or perhaps ever again. The way that MLB is doing uh, uh, these things. Um, they're also going to have. Uh, let's go through all these changes. And oh yeah, there's more. Yeah, and argue about them. There's going to be universal uh, designated hitter. They don't want all of the players uh, in the baseball team to play proper baseball for for 2020 there's no guarantee that that will carry on into 2021 but apparently everyone except actual baseball fans wants that to continue so it probably will um but do you the, the, here's the interesting thing about this it's part of the health protocols the safety right. protocols which makes i mean i'm a <laughs> proponent of the designated hitter we can talk about that bench is clear sometime but that's insane why why would that be a health and safety protocol just to keep Fewer people, just one fewer person touching a baseball bat, having to share a bat. <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's one of the, there's there's a lot of bullshit in this whole uh, thing. This is the most transparently bullshit uh, change. I mean, there's an argument for universal DH. It's not a good one, but there is an argument for it. Uh, for health and safety purposes is not is not the argument. That's not, that's not a thing. That's going to be <laughs> uh, happening in 2020, though. The, uh, uh, the other change... Uh, from the tenth inning onwards, yeah. uh, each inning will start with a runner on second. They've been talking about this for a while. I think they trialed it in some minor league games, or maybe it was the World Baseball Classic. Mm-hmm. They trialed this um, as a as a way of reducing the uh, number of extra innings we go into. Um, the one change that was trailed but isn't happening is expanded playoffs. That's not happening. It's normal playoffs. That's all there is to it, right? Yeah, no expanded playoffs this season. Um, that was a big thing the owners wanted, and the players were willing to give it to them. But um, because they didn't come to an agreement, they will not have expanded playoffs. Which is, I, you know, 
I was a little bit nervous about that, but you know, I'm embracing the crazy. It's going to be a crazy season. <laughs> well, let's go through this bit by bit and give, give each uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. First things first, we have to find a different name for this. This isn't the season. This isn't normal. Whoever wins the division are not division champions. Whoever gets into the playoffs will not be playing in real playoffs. And whoever wins the world championship will not be actual world champions. We need to <laughs> get that established now. I'm glad that baseball is coming back. That's good. I want to watch baseball. I'm going to enjoy baseball. But it is not a proper season. It is not a proper playoffs. And it won't be a proper World Series. <laughs> I mean, I think you are incredibly biased being the rain fan of the reigning world champion. Yeah. That there would not be another world champion for another year. But I don't know. I think, um, look, if the Clevelands decide, if they, the Clevelands manage to win the cha whatever championship this is this season, um, I will not be. It, it would be totally appropriate because there'll be no fans there to celebrate. There'll be no parade. <laughs> It'll be exactly a Cleveland thing to happen. Um, but I take it. I'm not going to complain about that. <laughs> I would take it. I would take it. I wouldn't claim that Washington have repeated. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I think that there's, there's a, the thing that's going to be obviously true is that baseball, 162 games is, um, it weeds out the kind of the the people who just got hot for a little while, right? Yeah. And that's not going to happen this time. You know, you're going to, the difference between a 400 baseball team 400 winning percentage baseball team and a 600 winning percentage baseball team is what six that can't be 12 games you know that's a that's very little difference um so i've never mentioned this before in this podcast but at the beginning of the last season the washington nationals were 19 and 31 and and when they were 19 and 31 so were the detroit tigers <laughs> right so you, you you it 50 games into a season the Nationals were in the same place as literally the worst team in baseball, but went on to win the World Series. So in 60 games, I mean, it's a it's a complete crapshoot. It's just, a, I mean, it's it's not. A, I mean, it's not a joke. It's it's going to be fun to watch baseball. But the idea that whoever wins the World Series this year is on the same level as any of the teams that have won the World Series in the last 50 is dumb and fans that think that are dumb too but let's 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 keep going because <laughs> i know we don't have a ton of time um intradivision a massive increase in the intradivision i think this like depends where you are in the country this yeah. is terrible for the washington nationals great for us. To play the yankees yeah. and the red sox a ton of times the rays are very good too and beating up the orioles is not a compensation for that so terrible for us <laughs> but great great for you guys right you get to play the Mar uh, yeah the Marlins and the Orioles yeah it's it's pretty great for us we were already going to play the the Royals and the Tigers a bunch, um, the Pirates Reds Cubs Brewers Cardinals are all pretty okay I think and they're all supposed to be okay maybe the Pirates are supposed to be bad I don't really know, um, but apparently people have run smarter people than I have have figured out that the Indians and the Twins have the easiest strength of schedule, um, in all of baseball so, um, yeah good for us. I don't know. I, I think it'll be fine. I, I'm I'm excited to play. I'm excited that it, they're not just picking up the season where they where it would have started on June, July 23rd, right? That would have been pretty devastating. Because I think we would have played. You know, we would have missed most of our games with the Tigers, which you know our season's cooked if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. That would have been pretty funny. <laughs> Okay, do we want to talk about the University DH? I think everyone knows where we stand on this as a topic. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, I think they're, I think they're, this seems like a lost, 
uh, battle for the future. But it does seem like we'll go back to pitchers hitting again in 2021. So for all the people, maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure we will. I, I mean, I, I, the players want to give this up, but they want to give yeah. it up for something. Yeah. So uh, we'll see how the see how the talks go. The only the only thing I want to say about this is I am absolutely certain that at some point during this season, uh, match Max Scherzer will uh, get an at bat anyway. <laughs> so like not not as a not as a you know batting in his slot as the pitcher, but like actually pitching. I bet you anything Max Scherzer bats this year. I think that better than nation should take you up on that bet. That's a good bet. It could happen. But I bet your odds makers will be against you. But <sighs> um, Last one, extra innings, runner on second. <sighs> what do you think of that? I don't know. I'm just, I don't like it. But I know they don't want to spend, they don't want to play 15, 16 inning games here. Um, and Is this part of the health and safety protocol as well? I think they're, yeah, I think they're, they're, <laughs> they've looped a lot. Of, I mean, they're also, everybody's getting a, um, you know, free subscription to several like you know the new yorker magazine as part of their health and wellness um no i don't know i i would rather just have a tie i think i they would add another element i don't know i don't know what i think it's such a weird and have you heard about how they're going to co- score it so no, the way it's scored is so in practice the the batter so if if uh, the first batter in the lineup is well, this is a source subject. So the fourth batter in the lineup is scheduled to bat the beginning of the inning. The third batter in the lineup starts the, the inning on second base. If it's, it's considered they got on base by error, no one is assigned an error, the team isn't assigned an error, but if they score, it's an unearned run. So the pitcher isn't, the pitcher isn't penalized for that sort of, for that run scoring. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't <laughs> I don't. I guess the player does the player get credit for a run? Does the player? Does the player? I assume the player gets an RBI. No, uh, no one involved in any of this should get credit for anything. <laughs> no. I mean, there's there's two things here for me. The first thing is that that's not proper baseball. Um, if you if you win a game like that, I mean, it's like it's like winning a, a soccer match on on a penalty shootout and saying that you were the better. Better team on the day. That's not. That's not real. That's not. You. You won, but it was a tie. The game was a tie, and you proceeded. You like. You got through the round because of the penalty shootout. So I just. You know, for purity's sake, that is important. However, it's basically an inning of small ball, right? You know, whoever whoever is the person that gets put on second base immediately getting uh, subbed out for a pinch runner, right? Instantly. And then you bunt someone, you bunt him across, and then you just try and uh, hit a fly ball. And it's like, it's, it's a small ball inning, a uh, completely different strategy. So that, that's fun in that way, but I prefer, I would personally go for ties. Let's just have a tie. Why don't we just, you know, ins- we'll go with the universal DH, but beginning of the 10th inning, the pitcher has to bat, only pitchers bat from then on out. <laughs> um only 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 pitches bat and only uh position players pitch (laughs) this i think we have a good this is a good idea it's not a real season just you might as well come up with with random stuff to try out i mean everyone loves position pitches getting up there right yeah no it's great it's great it's basically like a coin flip um all right uh so um you know, I think the whole thing, you know, we can get back get to this in another episode, but I think the whole thing about 
this season is and if it gets played right things are looking pretty bad in several states right now so um anyway we can talk more about that later on we we have players testing positive in various camps and whatnot so i don't who knows and we'll find out tomorrow who's going to opt out for the season like the players have the right to opt out if they are worried or whatever you know they have health risks and whatnot i don't think there's any they don't have to give any excuse either they can anybody can opt out yeah so there's a lot more to talk about and let's um we're going to try and record again um soon after the weekend when we know a bit more and um uh we're starting the countdown to spring training uh, should we should we flip to our word from a sponsor before we do the interview yeah okay yes let's do that i'll do it let's do a quick word from our sponsor and we'll get right into this really exciting interview that i'm really excited about we haven't mentioned that yet we no we haven't put that at the top yeah <laughs> you, you want to say it now st- Everyone stopped listening except for Justin Baraski and Peter Bondi, and we we should use the interview to keep people hooked. <laughs> it's Let's a do the word from our sponsor if you well, got no, this talk, far. Well, this, the, the word from our sponsor might send people away. So why don't you why don't you tell get people <laughs> to stick around for post word from our okay, sponsor? Okay, straight after our word from our sponsor, we have a really exciting interview with I think our first elected official. I don't think we've had an elected politician on the show before. We've had. Um, we've had uh, strategists and we've had experts and we've had campaigners. Former elected officials we've had. Former elected, who was a former? Jason Kander? Jason Kander, yeah. Jason Kander. Okay, this is a current elected uh, parliamentarian. He's a member of parliament for the um, the great seat of Nottingham North. Uh, Nottingham um, is uh, where everyone says Robin Hood is from. Robin Hood actually wasn't from Nottingham. He was from... Uh, Leicester is a whole thing in this country about that. Um, but, you know, you've seen the movie, so you go along with the lies. Uh, Robin Hood country. He's the MP. He's going to go nuts when he hears me say that, if he listens. Uh, uh, he is the MP for Nottingham North. Uh, and he is, it turns out, a huge, huge baseball fan. He is on the parliamentary group on, on baseball. There is a parliamentary group of MPs who are interested in baseball and they um, uh, foster links with uh, the baseball um, body in the UK and, and so on and so forth. It was really, really fun, fantastic chat. He's got very, he's got much stronger views than anyone I've ever come across uh, about the designated hitter in the, in the wrong direction. He's a huge Orioles fan and how he became an Orioles fan is a really, really fun story. So yeah. stick around for that. In the meantime, here's a word from our sponsor. This episode of Battery Mates is brought to you by Travel John. Disposable urinal bags are convenient, unisex, sanitary, personal urinals containing Liquisorb, the key ingredient that makes this work. Liquisorb is a combination of non-woven fabric pouch containing a polymer substance that immobilizes bacterial growth quickly, absorbing liquid waste and turning it into an odorless, spill-proof gel bag that is non-toxic and waste-disposable safe. The... <laughs> The unisex adapter makes it easy for anyone and everyone to use while sitting, providing there is the use of gravity with an unobstructed, free-flowing opening or standing, and a spill and a spill guard to prevent backflow during use. That read could have gone better, but Travel John is wonderful and highly recommended for your coronavirus-filled road trips where you don't want to go into public restrooms. Travel John, you can find it anywhere. On the side of the road, Amazon, use them. They're great. That was really great um, to have um, uh, uh, that sponsor. Uh, the way you read that, I think some people would think you were taking the piss. 
No. <laughs> Where's my bell? Where's my Speaking bell? That's a great. That, that was perfect. That was perfect. But we are always, as ever, we're glad to have them on board. And um, we, we can't do anything with the money. Um, so it's going into um, a kitty. And we're going to uh, save it up for um, some fun later in the year. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun. A lot of fun later in the year. Probably a road trip where we'll use travel johns. Um, <laughs> um, let's yeah. go right to this interview. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I'm going uh, introduce him very briefly uh we had a half-hearted attempt at empathy with alex norris mp the labor mp for nottingham north Um, well, I'm delighted to welcome for a, a series of firsts the Honourable Alex Norris MP, our first British guest and our first elected uh, official to to join the podcast. Alex, thanks for joining us. Thanks. I'm, I think for a first British guest, you probably could have done a bit better than me, but I'm uh, I'm absolutely excited and honoured to to be it anyway. Well, we we take what we can. Um, I'm not saying you'll <laughs> be the best ever, but uh, best for now. Um, so I, I think we need to start off by explaining a little bit um, why why we're interviewing you. This is obviously a baseball podcast, and British people not necessarily known for their love of the game. But you are a, a huge fan of the Baltimore Orioles. Can you just let's just start by telling us how that happened? Yeah, I mean, I I, I can't understate how big a part of my life the Baltimore Orioles are. Um, so yeah, so it happened. It was two thousand and three. Uh, so I was at university, you know, like like everybody, you can't you start living a sort of a bit of a nocturnal lifestyle, certainly in your first year at uni, and um, and so what was uh, what was on telly when you'd get back every night? Yeah, you know, we put on Channel Five as it was then on my tiny little television. There'd always be a baseball game on. So for for me and our friends, we'd we'd watch it, and I was hooked straight away. I love, I mean, I love the contest between bat and ball anyway, which I've always loved cricket. So that kind of as a start word. But then when you realize just how tactical it is and how, you know, how sophisticated it is, that had me hooked. And then idly, probably in the library the next day, you know, I'd be doing some Googling around it and, you, you know, then you run into Bill James and the Sabermetrics and as someone who, you know, I wasn't studying maths, but I love maths and, you know, I count myself pretty good at maths. Uh, that then just took it to a new level to realize there's this whole world about it and, you know, there's something wonderful about something that's played so much, obviously, you know, 162 games, all those at-bats, that basically means you can essentially quantify luck. I love that. Whenever people ever talk to me about it, I always talk, you go straight to Babbitt, and I say you can quantify luck because they do there's so many different tries, as, it, as, as, a, as you talk in probability terms. So that had this hooked. I mean, then, you know, but then you, I'm a, I'm a big sports partisan, I'm a big mass, you know, season ticket holder at, at, at my football team, the Premier League. Um, and so it's not enough for me to just wa idly watch a game. I mean, I will watch a game so certainly if I've got a bet on it. Uh, but actually, we need we knew pretty quickly we needed a team. And I'd love to say there was any science behind it. There wasn't. We just put all thirty in a hat and drew one out, and we drew and we drew the O's. I mean, it wouldn't have worked if it was the Yankees or the Red Sox or, or whoever. So um, so that so then we were hooked so then we transitioned we actually kind of went backwards because there wasn't quite mlb tv in the same way then 
So there was, you know, as you'll have watched this before, Matthew, you, you, what you can, we used to watch the games on the Gamecast on, on MLB.com, you know, where they do the dots of where the pitch went. And we would genuinely watch night after night. We'd then, every so often, it'd be the Orioles' turn to be on the TV. So that suddenly was like Christmas for us. So, you know, ever since then, I've been hooked. And obviously, it's got a lot better now. and You can watch everything. And I, I watch an awful lot. Um, and so I've been hooked for life since then, really. You, you, you've earned your baseball fandom a lot um, uh, much more than I have. Uh, sitting up and watching the game cast with the, with the dots and the in-play bracket runs, uh, that was different to me. I, I just worked in DC and a friend said, do you want to go to a game? And I went to a game and enjoyed it. So I, said, yeah, I, feel, like, yeah. I feel like a bit of a fraud in comparison. <laughs> in comparison. But the, 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 um, the, the picking names out of the hat is incredible. I, I, you know, I knew you were a Baltimore fan and I just assumed it was something, you know, East Coast or you've been on a trip or, or something like that. Did you, did, looking back, do you think that was a rather reckless way of picking a team? What if you'd picked out the Royals or, or the Reds? Well, we have the Royals, we would have had a title. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yes. I mean, in retrospect, I think we should have winnowed the field at the top and the bottom. But we possibly might have, and definitely East Coast makes a big difference. Because obviously, as I said, I do watch quite a bit, um, though I rarely watch live. But still, just having those games, I always think when we play a West Coast swing, you're always so conscious how late those games are for us. You know, three in the morning, a game at Oakland's is not practical. Whereas a home game, you can watch the first few innings at midnight. You probably shouldn't, but you can. Um, and again, on, this, on Sunday games, those Sunday games start at six our time, which is great time on a Sunday to watch a baseball game. It's lovely. Um, but it also led, and I feel I ought to do this sort of this, this full disclaimer, because it also led me to, you know, the real love of my life, which is the Baltimore Ravens. Because once the baseball bats went away, we thought, what are we going to do? And then we followed through into football. And again, I'm exceptionally boring about football. I could talk about it, and I often do talk about it all day long. So I have, to my shame, Never, I've been to Camden Yards many times, but only to press my nose against it. I've never been to a game, which is shocking. And I only say this in my defence, but I, you know, I've been to see the Ravens, I think it's half a dozen times now in, in various different parts of, of the US or in Baltimore, indeed, well, an extra, probably a seventh one in London as well. Uh, so we've always, because my friends prefer it, frankly, we've always prioritised going to the football over, over the baseball. So I, I feel I ought to say that because that is, that is to my eternal shame. Have you, have you been able to go to uh, a baseball game in the States anywhere? No, no, not at all. Oh, no, only the, only the London games here. Well, one of the London games. You went, uh, you went yeah. last, last year for the... Yeah, yeah. What was that like? Because I, I didn't go to the games because I'm, 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 I'm a little bit like you in the sense that I only, only want to go, I only want to watch a game if I'm really interested in, in the outcome. Yeah. And um, the idea of, of paying a lot of money and going all the way to East London for, uh, to watch two teams I, don't, I actively don't like um, was a bit beyond me, but um, I did miss out on the whole Vista. What, how did you find the whole experience? Well, I don't like it in that stadium. I'd like to pretend that I don't mind that, but I don't. I, I like great ballparks. I think that's part of the story. Um, you know, you need foul balls to be popped up in, in, into, the, into the stands that are wrapped around home plate. So it, it's not for me. I mean, it was a pro. I went because I felt I ought to through sort of the parliamentary things, which I think we'll, we'll get onto it in a bit. I, you know, I, I don't like the Yankees and the Red Sox. I just don't. You know, I, we share a division with them. We play them 38 times a season. So you're playing them every fourth game, basically. 
the last thing I wanted to do, frankly, was watch those two play again. Yeah. And it was high scoring. I don't really like high scoring sport particularly. Um, you know, now looking back about what we know, you know, we, we've seen with with the um, with the sign stealing and and some of the comments that were made at that time around Beltron and and the sort of impact he'd had at the Yankees makes made the whole thing I think look a bit like a circus. And baseball's not a circus. Um, so yeah, it wasn't quite for me. I think would be the phrase. Um, but I'll, you know, I, I probably would go again. I think I probably would. Um, Probably not dissimilar to the NFL series. I went the first couple of times because I thought I ought to support the sport in UK, in the UK. But then, frankly, and this would be slightly different for the baseball, those games clashed with Ravens games, so I had no interest. <laughs> you know, right. I would much rather have been at home, you know, on the laptop with my friends that way. So, so I'll probably take a similar. I'll probably go a couple of times, and I'll probably lose a bit of interest until it's the O's. Really, I probably will go at, at some point. I mean, obviously, the London series this year is off. I'm not sure what they'll what they'll do next year, even if there is baseball. I will get on to talk about the labour dispute in yeah. a second. But I probably would go at some point. But I've got a young a young daughter and, an, and another one on the way quite soon. And you're kind of limited with, with young kids on on how many how many days out you get. And um, using up one of my precious one of my precious opportunities yeah. for a, a ninety pound ticket to see the Yankees is not not high on my list, but I'd like to no, go at some point. Yeah. But the, the, saying um, playing the game at, at West Ham's ground um, reminded me uh, we tweeted about the fact that we were talking to you today, um, and one of our American followers uh, replied asking if we knew that there'd been a baseball game at Lords. I, I didn't know that. Have you, have you heard about that before? No, that's entirely new to me. The only the only sort of UK reference I have is um, so obviously you know I'm a member of Parliament in Nottingham, Robin Hood country, and just down the road we've got our rival city of Derby and Derby Derby County, the football team there played at the baseball ground for a long time and they often talked about their baseball links there. But that's the only one I, I know about. Lords, that that amazes me. I didn't know about that either, but um, I, I did a. Quit. I was going to say I did some research. I read that I read a Wikipedia page. That's what doing Excellent. research constitutes nowadays. Absolutely is. It turns out that American servicemen uh, used it uh, during World War One, uh, while they were on their way through London to to France. So I would have to dig in on that a bit more. Um, he learned about that on a tour of Lords, and I live quite near Lords, so I might might try and go down there and, and find out find yeah, out some absolutely. more. You mentioned you're a member of Parliament. Um, uh, how 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 does that work? I mean, the politicians are often quite um, interested in culture and sport. There's an entire department for it. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, conversations in, in Parliament about safe standing at football or, uh, you know, TV rights for the cricket and whatnot. But I assume baseball doesn't come up quite as often in the, the corridors of Westminster. No, no, I think it's safe to say that that, that is the case. I mean, I, I probably should complete the loop a little bit there in the sense that so obviously my lifestyle is not like it used to be when I was watching baseball for the first time. I'm not staying up at night. I'm not going out every night, more's the pity. Uh, but actually baseball, I think, really fits this lifestyle in the sense that um, I, you know, when I, previous, uh, previous to being elected to parliament, I was a member of my city council, which I did a, a work life as well. So I worked a lot of evenings in the council building, just being there. And to have last night's baseball game on in a pleasurable way, certainly for me, someone who loves his work, quite a pleasurable way to, to spend uh, an evening. So that was always great. And then similarly for now, obviously, I, you know, I, look, I work away from home. So, and I often, we, we're often here till late for, for late votes. But I'm 
in a matter of elementary groups share an interest in a certain subject matter and whatever you know whatever you can imagine there's a parliamentary group for it so i set the baseball one up um and you have to have a quorum you have to get four there so i had to get some friends to come just to make up the numbers but that has changed slightly we had a, a general election in december where I'm afraid quite a few of my colleagues lost and quite a few new conservative colleagues came in. And actually there are quite, there are a good, a little handful of, of, of new conservative MPs that are very interested in baseball. Many of them, not, not like yourself, Matthew, with DC links. So there's the, the, the group in parliament has now uh, taken a big tilt to the right. Yes. Yeah. I'm definitely the, I remain certainly the only Labour one with a, with a strong interest the only other, there is another Labour MP with a strong interest of course in for, former Labour Party leader Ed Miliband but I don't think the group's quite for him um, <laughs> so but yeah so it, it does it does feel a little bit lonely in that sense yeah I saw him I saw him um, I used to work for him in in 2014-15 yeah. and um, uh, I was living in the US so whenever I came to uh, I was only rarely in London about once every six weeks and um, so whenever he saw me in the office, he'd come over and say hello. And the first thing he'd, he'd ask about was, was have I been to any games and did I see the game last night? And I think the, the first thing he did each morning, does each morning, is, is check, the, uh, check the score. Um, so that was quite fun. It was sort of quite bemusing to his, to his colleagues, but it, he, he really did appreciate having someone to yeah, talk about great. to it. It was really nice. He went, he went to the, um, the London series. I think he went to, all, uh, to both of the games, actually. Um, and I think he knows the Red Sox owners a little. Um, oh wow! So that was uh, that was that was quite impressive. Um, how does a how does a parliamentary group work? What do you what do you what does a group of MPs talking about baseball do? Is it just kind of uh, to get together and talk about your shared interest in it, or are there uh, are there are there kind of policy things to talk about? How does that how does a parliamentary group work? So we don't. I mean, parliamentary groups can meet basically as often or as infrequently. As, as well, you could meet annually at a, a, a bare minimum. I think we probably meet four times a year because you know, people are very busy. Um, but what we'll try and do is try and get some speakers in. So we had, you know, we've had uh, the UK arm of, of the league join us. We've also, we've got in the UK a really good umbrella body called Baseball Softball UK, um, who are promoting the game um, from the sort of mass elements in terms of getting children to play at school, but also to try and support elite um, players who might have a chance at college, college scholarships. Um, so that, that's my interest as well. I, you know, I, I really strongly believe in participatory sport, team sport especially, as a developmental part of, of a child's life. You know, it has significant impacts on your, your likelihood to bully or be bullied. Um, and you know, it might sometimes be more on the sort of softball end of things certainly for adults it becomes sort of softball beer league fridays I and mean, it's certainly in london but i think there's a real place for that and i don't and i don't particularly have a hierarchy of what sport should be ahead of of of, of what you know football will always be sort of preeminent in our national game but beyond that i think that children should be exposed to the widest range of sports so they can find something they like because i do think there's something for everybody and i do think people are some everybody's good at something um so, you know, that's why I think it's important and to try and use our sort of place in, 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 in Parliament to try and push and support that gently. Um, so that's the sort of thing the group does. I, I, you know, I'd be lying if I said that it was epoch shifting stuff, but <laughs> I, I like to 
I like to think in our own small way, it just, it, it helps. I, I know those who, who take an interest in it value that we've, we've taken an interest in this way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it must be, <clears throat> I guess people must be a little bit surprised. Um, but at the same time, uh, it's an easy sport to play. Um, it's not a million miles away from, from cricket and the, no. the kind of domination of American culture means that more people have, have heard of it and it's easier to access. Have you, do you have a, do you ever have much interaction with the, um, with the with the uh, Great Britain team that takes part in the World Baseball Classic. No, I haven't yet, but I think that's that's sort of one of the areas we've talked about. Because again, you know, that's I I, I do have a you know, we I, I always follow the um, the sort of G, team GBs certainly when it's in sports that are not our sports, basketball, ice hockey, etc. Because it is great to see our guys out there and guys and, and girls out there and hopefully doing well. So. Um, so I'd be very interested, I think, to talk to, to some of our lot. And I do think, I think it's, you know, certainly for communities like mine, as you know, Matthew, as you'll know, I, I represent one of the most challenged communities in the country. I think college scholarships, just as they are revolutionary, uh, you know, to a child in, in Florida or whatever, I think exposing our, our young people to them, and, and we, that traditionally tends to be through our football, but there's no reason with the right spotting and coaching why there can't be access uh, right. to to college you know to college scholarships which would change lives and for, for children communities like mine especially given in baseball the you know you're right down to d3 you know you've got that there's a lot of there's a lot of places you can play baseball at, at that level and get an education which would be wonderful for, for our young people yeah absolutely and i i hope that mlb takes the wbc a bit more seriously because you know their, their attempts to um expand overseas are really focused on getting MLB games played overseas in Australia, Japan, now Britain. Um, but I think WBC has got a part of that. And it, it, I mean, it's a, it's a strange system because you only have to, you don't have to be a citizen of Britain to play for Britain. You just need to qualify for British citizenship. So uh, basically if you've got a British grandparent, uh, you can, you can qualify. Um, so, you know, the nationals have got a couple of, of players with Dutch grandparents who played for the Netherlands in the last WBC. So it, it, it does seem like a, um, a real opportunity, but um, yeah, it hasn't caught on yet. I went to watch GB play in a qualifier down in Brooklyn uh, when I, I lived in the North of Brooklyn and they played in Coney Island uh, against Israel and uh, the national anthems. It was a bit of a, it was a bit of a mismatch. I was the only person singing the the "God Save the Queen," <laughs> and uh, everyone, every everyone else was there to support uh, Israel. So it was a lonely, lonely experience. Definitely an away game. Um, so I want to talk about uh, baseball a bit. We talked to, uh, about about Britain, but um, there's there's so much going on in in the US. I think this is probably the busiest time uh, of baseball that I've ever experienced without baseball being played. I mean, it's just like absolutely relentless news, um, but no baseball actually happening. What's, what's your take on, on this? Are, you know, are you, <laughs> are you with the billionaires or the millionaires? Well, I mean, I, I read something you shared the other day that, that I thought was right. And it is, you know, it's a convenient and an easy media motif to make it billionaires versus millionaires. But actually, the vast majority of baseball players aren't millionaires. Careers are short. Um, you know, their time spent in the minor leagues is tantamount to ex exceptional exploitation when you look at the money that they're earning and the lives that they have to lead. Um, so I've got a lot of sympathy for baseball players. I think it's exceptionally hard. I think that, you know, that we obviously we, we've just had the draft last week, but those kids are a long way away from really having 
you know, anything but a very, very difficult life, not least because my, the minor leagues aren't going to play yet. And I know nobody cries for professional sports players, but if you were going to, I think you should, you'd cry for a minor league baseball player. Um, this, the current situation is a disreputable mess. It's really disappointing. Baseball is struggling. That, that's just, it's known. Certainly young, among young audiences, you know, we've got, just got a bell ringing here in Parliament. It's not a vote, I don't think. I better you got to go and vote. Uh, no, it's not a vote, I don't think. Okay. At the moment, because of COVID, we, the, the speaker has to clear the chamber from time to time so we can clean it. So that's normally, <laughs> a, yeah, please leave, Bell. Um, so, yeah, it, it is, I think, it, I think it's a real mess. Um, the, with baseball being at a, a relatively low ebb, and, you know, there are, made, there are many, many and, and myriad reasons for this, at a time when the, the public are starved for sport, what a great advert this could have been because they could have been playing, you know, on the 26th of March, I think it was the deal that was done that, was, that basically meant this is what the broad outline was going to be in terms of what the commissioner could do to get baseball playing again. They, there should have been a model, frankly, in place the next day. They should have been in spring training for a month and they they basically could be six weeks into a season. Or even if you say, you know, we didn't know enough that that was safe then, we could be two weeks, at a bare minimum two weeks, of a public that could be watching baseball and falling in love with baseball all over again. Um, so the fact that that hasn't happened is an extraordinary failure of leadership. I don't think the Players Association has necessarily covered itself in glory. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, the owners, I, I just, I can't, you, certainly when you look at some of the, 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 you know, the these, these franchises don't change hands very often. So most owners have had this for a significant amount of time and that asset is worth 20 times. You know, I saw the Cardinals owners saying, well, you know what, you, baseball teams aren't very profitable. Well, they get, the franchise is valued at 2 billion and the guy paid 150 million for it. So I think there has to be a sense of perspective on that. Um, but ultimately, the commission has the power to impose the model and should have done that a long time ago because clear negotiations aren't going anywhere. It, I feel like we'll get baseball, but it'll be the bare minimum. It'll be a 50-gamer. Um, I have a lot less anxiety about that than most people. I know, I know people don't think that that's baseball, but at the end of the day, I, I, I just think if you're comfortable with the idea of resolving a 162-game season with a one-game one wildcard <laughs> play in, I think... I think it's very hard to start clutching your pearls at a 50-game season. Personally, that that's just me. But that, I, I, so I, I, you know, I, that's fine by me. Maybe it's because I want to minimise the amount of times you have to see the the Yankees and the Red Sox. But um, but actually, I think the ratio of divisional play to other play will be will, is going to be greater. So it might be even even at 50 games, it's going to seem like a long season in Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather see baseball played than not. I just. I just think we need to agree that 50 games isn't a proper season and the, the winners of the, of the playoffs, whatever format they take, aren't, aren't real world champions in, in the sense that um, all of the other teams um, have been. I'm, I'm like you, I don't think that, I don't like the wildcard system. I don't like, um, you know, I think even the divisional series should be best of seven. I think if you're going to have, expand the playoffs, they need to make the playoffs a lot more serious and less of a crapshoot. But um like you know ultimately we could have you know there was a there was a period about three or four weeks ago where it looked like things were coming together and the the chat about restarting the season on the 4th of July felt a little bit like well why wait that long 
Yeah. Uh, now the so, idea that start on the 4th of July is a joke and, you know, there's a real chance there won't be baseball at all. I mean, it's, it's an incredibly self-inflicted wound at a time when they could have had the sports world. They could have been first back. They could have been total focus on, 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 the, on, the, on, the, on the game. And it's just an incredibly short-sighted and stupid um, uh, move by the owners. Like you said, the, the MLB, MLBPA aren't blameless negotiating in public was always going to yeah, uh, yeah. go go badly for both sides but you know ultimately i think it's the responsibility of the players and uh, of the owners and it's incredibly incredibly depressing so let's just say let's just say for argument's sake we get a let's say a 62 game season um how are the how are the orioles going to do this year and um who do you fancy in a short season like that to to do well so for the orioles We'll we'll win a third of the games. We're 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 not far from a replacement level team. Essentially, we're fifty. We're about a fifty-four win team. You you kind of hope that you don't lose a hundred games if possible. So so then you scale that down. I mean, I'm not as despondent about it as as others are. Um, you know, horrendous and just an awful thing in the sense that we have, we have one player, certainly one position player of any. Worth watching. That's, that sounds unkind. We have one position player who would play on other teams. This is um, Trey Mancini, and Trey's got cancer, so you know it really puts it into perspective. They just think that's an awful, just an awful thing for a young man in the prime of his sport. And um, so hopefully we will see him next year. He seems to think that the, that the prognosis is good, but it's just an awful thing to happen. Um, but we fundamentally just don't have the starting pitching to match with. Um, with the teams in our division, or at the moment, the teams in any division. So you eventually have to do something about that. You have to tear down. You have to tear down your team to, for prospects. You have to. I mean, there's no pleasure in it because I hate losing. But you have to tank a bit for draft picks. And we do have good. Or we do have good players in the organisation that think that maybe, you know, there are better days ahead. However, they are a long way ahead because um, we're still talking about guys in A ball or double A ball. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never been, you know, there's a sort of school of, of Orioles fans who kind of, you know, embrace the losing and think, you know, embrace the sort of, um, the the mediocrity. That's not for me. I hate losing. I'd hate losing a game of tiddlywinks. You know, it's, there's no, there's no Firic victories. I don't believe in moral victories. You know, you either win, you win or you lose in, you know, in, in, in sport and certainly in politics. And, that, and the rest is for the birds, really. Tell your dog when you get home, that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, and I, I do like to say, you know, over a five-year period, whilst I've been a fan, the, you know, the Orioles won more games than anyone else in the American League. You know, so we, it's not like it's not possible to have a winner in Baltimore. It's just that it's hard to do it, and you can never make a mistake like a Chris Davis contract. You know, you, we're basically, we've paid the wrong guy. You know, we should have paid Nelson Cruz, we paid Chris Davis. Actually, we're probably, we should never pay a hitter anywhere near that sort of, unless it's Manny Machado, and that obviously is a, a massive sadness for us. So, yeah, so I don't know. We won't be contenders. Though we all have that. Every baseball team thinks, well, what if we're, what was it, the Cleveland Indians from, um, from Major League? Maybe, maybe we, you just catch it, you know, lightning in a bottle, but I think that's hard to imagine. Um, beyond that, you know, I, we've got three legitimate contenders in our division. You know, the Yankees and the Red Sox are always strong, certainly because of that pitching. Um, but also the Rays, you know, the Rays are just a, a, a magic, magic team. Um, so they they you know, they they will be competitive. What happens in Houston is going to be fascinating. 
um, because how you recover, because it can go one of two ways, can't it? You, that either something like that makes you fall apart and turn in on each other, or it galvanizes you because it's you against the world. So they have the players to be competitive. Do they have the culture? Goodness knows. Uh, but, so that's sort of on the American League side. On the National League side, my eyes kind of fog over National League baseball because I'm not wholly convinced it's baseball. Uh, I think well, those Washington Nationals will, will be back. Uh, I've never been convinced really by by the Phillies. You know, no matter what they sort of spend, that doesn't seem to get there for me. Um, I can't think. Yeah, beyond that, I'm, I'm not quite sure on the National League side. But yeah, anyone but anyone but a team from the AL East is fine by me, frankly. I should um, I, I should share. You should. I think we're running out of, out of time a little bit, um, so we can't can't get into it now. But we will invite you back for um, a future bases clear. Uh, segment where we where we debate hot topics in baseball okay. you're probably the person that i've spoken to who is most fired up about the designated hitter more than any of my american friends um i mentioned it to you once on on whatsapp and <laughs> and my phone just started heating up and flames started coming out it was uh, it was quite something so we'll invite you back for that i think you'd, you'd um you take that corner of the discussion. Although I think the debate is pretty much over now. I think I think it's already been agreed that there won't be a uh, there will be a DH in the in the National League if the season does restart. So I think that one's done and dusted. Yeah, and I think it's part of a broader conversation, which I think is absolutely fundamental to baseball's future existence around pace of play. They've got to get the game down to two and a half hours or something like that if they're going to remain relevant these days. Yeah, we talked a lot about that on the on the show, and there's so many different ideas for it. Um, and the thing that I always come back to is the number one thing that slows down baseball games is advert breaks. And yeah, you know, yeah, if the commissioner, if the commissioner was really serious about that, they'd look at commercial breaks just as much as they look at pitch clocks and uh, bullpen changes and and whatnot. It is frustrating when you get change after change on on the pitcher's mound for matchups it really does slow the game down and it's a very annoying thing to happen but at the same time the number of times I've been at a game where the pitcher comes out finishes warming up pitches and doesn't start actually throwing for a minute or so while commercials are still running <laughs> well, yeah, so, yeah, absolutely yeah. yeah even if you have to have one every half inning I think uh, at the change of pitch you could try and cut one there um you know, you want the pitchers have to do things that are safe, so you'd never want them to not have their warm-up pitches. That's not practical at all or desirable. But you, as you say, once you have it, let's go. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I asked for some questions from uh, Battery Mates Nation. I got, uh, I got several from one person. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think any of these are actually uh, are actually answerable, but I'm going to share a couple of them because they're funny. Um, the first <laughs> one was, uh, "What British-made car would be the ultimate bullpen car, and why is it the Robin Reliant?" <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I think, yes, that, that, that's probably right, I'm afraid. I think the Robin Reliant would certainly be the most iconic, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. That, that or, um, or, or a Jaguar, that would be, that would be, pretty, that would be pretty, um, pretty good. I guess you sort of use one or the other, depending on the quality of the picture. Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah. Is this mop-up duty? Because you can't come out for mop-up duty in a Jag, you just no. can't. No, no, that just, that just, it closes only. Closes only in the yeah. jag. Close, yeah, okay, no, that's probably right, yeah. <laughs> the, the other one, and I should say this is from Dan Crawford, who's, uh, I think he's an American, but he used to live in London, so a man after our own hearts. Um, what advice do you have for the United States as its empire slips away, not because of the immutable desire for freedom, but because of the gross incompetence that would make Brexit look well-managed? 
Well, Matthew, you know as well as I do that these political cycles, you know, they're short, you know, and, and you think the world is one way. You know, we've seen a lot of change in the Labour Party that seemed there was, you know, a certain a way of doing things in the Labour Party that was hegemonic only nine months ago and, and you couldn't see past the end of it. It, was, it went as far as the eye can see. And that's now a completely different world. And similarly, in, in American politics, you know, the, I, I follow the American polls with greater, probably greater closeness than is, is healthy. You know, the, the president has a very, very narrow path to victory. So if with the right campaigning, there may be a significant change. And America's standing in the world would be changed immediately upon that change, I would, I would say. It would mean a Phillies fan in the White House, though. So it's not, it won't all be good news. It's a price worth paying. Let me be clear. That is a price worth paying. But, uh, well, the Donald's presumably, the Donald's presumably a Yankees fan, I would expect. I can't see him at a Mets game. No. I mean, he grew up really close to City Field, but, um, oh, did he? Oh, right. He's the kind of guy that would be a a Yankees fan and I think representative of the ethos of the Yankees in many ways. Well, certainly big, big is better. <laughs> Alex, thanks so much for joining us. It's really, really yeah, great. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, we'll get um, uh, the World Baseball Classic raised in PMQs at some point in the near future. Uh, but thanks. <laughs> Maybe thanks. not PMQs, but I'll find a way to get it raised somewhere else. <laughs> thanks very much for joining us. <laughs> well, that was wonderful. Um, thanks to Alex for for taking the time. Obviously, he seems much busier and more important than you are, Matthew, and so. Um, I want to thank you for doing the interview, but, um, you know, I was, he was, <clears throat> there was a moment where a, a bell rang and he described it as a please leave bell. Um, <laughs> cause they had to clean the, the chamber, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah. Do, do, do you, you want to, so they have a, they have a, it's called the division <laughs> bell. They ring a bell when it's time to go and vote. Cause in, yeah. in the UK parliament, they go and you have to physically walk through a corridor. They have an I corridor and a nay corridor, no corridor. And you walk through the I corridor if you want to vote yes. You literally walk all the way through and one in wigs and uh, britches and whatever sees you walking through and he's like, oh, he's voting I and writes your name down. And if you want to vote no, you vote, walk through the no corridor and you know to go and vote because a bell rings. But at the moment, because of coronavirus, they ring the bell every now and again to ask everyone to leave so that they can <laughs> like, literally like, wipe down all of the surfaces and kind of clean it all off and keep it very sanitary. I, 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 loved, I loved a lot of the, that, you know, just that having come up during the episode or during the interview. Um, I loved the, the story of how he became a fan that's so funny um, and so strange. I, so, I do, do not understand how that could come to pass. Um, Incredibly risky. Yeah. Really? Incredibly. I can understand pulling a name from a hat, but like, we're going to take these six terrible teams right. out. Or like, take the Yankees out, take the Red Sox out, take the Royals out. Like, we don't want to like be British fans and we're like, we're going on a road trip to see our team who we've been following for years and we're going all the way to America and we're going to Kansas City. No offense <laughs> to Kansas City. I'm sure it's a lovely place, it's but lovely you know, place. you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you want to pick a team that's probably not going to be moved. Um, that, but. <laughs> But and I guess the Orioles probably won't be moved. But uh, unless unless they get moved to London, that would be a fucking <laughs> that would be such a sweet sweet. Oh. You follow this team for fifteen years from college onwards, and they suddenly get moved as like the expansion team to London. <laughs> 
Well, there's a lot of so there's a lot in this interview that that got me thinking. He he has some insight over the labor dispute, and we should say that was recorded over a week ago when the labor dispute was ongoing. Um, uh, I think that was that's important to know. It wasn't you guys weren't like trapped in time or anything. Um, uh, He's a Ravens fan as well, which I think is interesting and also unfortunate. Uh, I'm not a Ravens person. My my team was literally moved there to become the Ravens. So, but yeah, I mean, he runs a parliamentary group on baseball. You know, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty, pretty cool. cool. He's um, also a really nice guy. It was uh, it was a fun chat. Well, we have a lot more to talk about. Um, not just about Alex. We probably will, but um, we'll have him back on eventually. But a lot more to talk about in, in um, about this upcoming season potentially that might happen. Um, about a pandemic that's threatening the season, and news stories coming out every day about more players being infected uh, or testing positive. But one thing before we go, um, I assume we still want to do a preseason predictions contest, right? We got to. This is a weird season, but let's do it. We should, and it will, but it will be a complete crapshoot. It'll be, it'll be amazing. You know, how many games between twenty and forty are your team going to win? <laughs> uh, but um, I, I want to leave us with one pretty, you know, something to celebrate here, Battery Mates Nation. Sometime early in this year, we, I don't, it was like maybe, maybe February or January, we had our 100,000th download of this program. <laughs> what? 100,000 people? Now, that's not 100,000 people. I mean, Justin Baraski is responsible for um, 2,500 episode downloads per episode. So um, <laughs> it really isn't that impressive when you consider it that. Um, but that's pretty good. It's pretty cool. 100,000 downloads of a battery mates episode is mind blowing i don't understand it i uh, don't like it in some ways uh, <laughs> but it but in other ways it's pretty cool pretty cool yeah. it's been a fun ride yeah it means that the people like travel john have to pay us quite a lot of money that's what, what it means depend me <laughs> well um until uh i guess when we next talk we'll probably be reporting for spring training um but uh until then you have any advice here uh, I would go and shuck those balls. <laughs>